Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Well, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about Wednesday's collapse against the Coyotes. And is there anything that can be done? We'll talk about it on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to do this. Thank God it's Friday. Thank God I had an extra day to actually think about what I wanted to say in regards to that latest collapse. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade, but I haven't covered anything like this. Two major collapses in a row by the Anaheim Ducks. Oi. Before we get into that, and I'm going to try to stall and delay talking about this even more, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, maybe, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. They can be heard pretty much anywhere nowadays. Just go on Google, type in Locked on Anaheim Ducks, and there you will see this podcast on several platforms. Also, don't forget that you can rate five stars, comment, subscribe if you have not already. In fact, hit the subscribe button right now. All right, there you go. Go back and listen to some of the past podcasts and see what I had to say as far as preview for this series. And also, if you want some better news, listen to some of the Goals podcasts. Also, also, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks and follow my personal Twitter at StimpyJD. Can you tell I'm stalling a little bit more than a little bit? Yeah, you can easily tell because the Anaheim Ducks had another late collapse And this one is also on Coach Dallas Eakins, who is on the hottest seat possible of all the head coaches in the National Hockey League that could be fired next. It is looking like Dallas Eakins is in the hottest of seats. We'll get to that momentarily, but let's talk about the game. Let's let's do it. Why not? The Ducks, for what it's worth, they had a good start to the game. In fact, it looked really good because guess who was back? Sonny Milano was back on that first line. You had Milano, Getzloff, Jones. Then you had Trevor Zegras, Sam Steele, and Silverberg. And you still had that dynamic line of Comtois, Lundestrom, Kurekel. So you're thinking, hey, the Ducks can score a few goals. Maybe they could score two or three goals, and that might be enough. Ryan Miller was starting. He could still get past the dominator, Dominic Koshik. Well, early on... It looked like Max Comtois was going to just keep on scoring, and he did. It was his eighth goal of the season. It was a behind-the-back goal. So how this happened was Max Comtois let the puck hit him in the chest. He looked straight down. The puck was right there, and he did a little behind-the-back maneuver just past Darcy Kemper. That made it one nothing with 11 seconds left in the first period. It was a great goal. Fantastic. Second period, it was even better. The Ducks were in complete control, or it seemed like they were in complete control. Josh Mahura with his first goal of the season. 2-0 Ducks. All right, that's great. On that goal, and this is what kind of bugged me more than a little bit. Trevor Zegras looked like he had the assist on that one because he tried to pass that puck out towards the neutral zone. Then it went to Sam Steele, who got a touch on it. Then out to Josh Mahura, who scored the goal. At the time, it looked like it was an assist from Zegras. In fact, on the public address system, it was announced that Zegras got his first NHL point. 
Everybody was cheering. All the Ducks fans were cheering. Even his parents were cheering because they thought he had scored his first NHL point. No, we'll talk about that in a second too. Max Jones followed with his third of the season on a power play. Wait, wait, wait. The Ducks scored another power play goal? What is going on here? 3 nothing Ducks after two periods. Wow, this is looking like a possible win. I mean, I even said it at the time. Coach Eakins wouldn't dare make the same mistake twice, would he? Would he? And then I said, just watch. Zegras might get six minutes ice. Yeah, what little I thought. I thought surely Eakins wouldn't screw this up again. Oh, I was so wrong on that one. I was so very wrong. Because Eakins did it again. He did it again. But the thing that I alluded to that really pissed me off. The timekeepers, or rather the scorekeepers. Um, I will just say that I've had my issues with the off-ice officials in Arizona in the past. I'm not going to get too much into it for reasons. But Rule 33.2 in the NHL rulebook, quote, A goal is awarded to the last player on the scoring team to touch the puck prior to the puck entering the net. A puck entering the net is considered to be between the posts from and in front of and below the crossbar and entirely across the goal line. Fair enough. An assist is awarded to the player or players, maximum two, who touches the puck prior to the goal score, provided no defender plays or possesses the puck in between. Assists can be given to deserving players. Let me repeat that. Assists can be given to deserving players on a goal that has been awarded by the referee if the official scorer deems that assists would have been given on the eventual goal anyway. End quote. Okay. No defender played the puck or possessed the puck. A player got a small touch on it, but is a brief touch on the puck considered possessing the puck? I would say no. If I was scorekeeping that game, I would say no. I would go ahead and give the assist. Now, players and teams are notorious for wanting to add on assists after the period's over or after a game's over. After the fact, they're always looking to add assists, especially in the American Hockey League. This happens all the time. This other part, deserving players. Yeah, you bet your ass Zegris deserved that assist. He helped set up that second goal for the Ducks. He deserved that point. If the official score deems that assist would have been... Yeah, the official score pissed off a lot of Ducks fans. They pissed off a lot of people. I will just say, scorekeepers, the official score, Arizona, what are you doing? That's it. That's it. That's all I want to say without getting in trouble. Okay, so Zegras' point gets taken away. Oy, this pissed off a lot of people. But not more than they were going to get pissed off during the period because Darcy Kemper left the game for some kind of injury, so in comes Aiden Hill. Ducks fans are thinking, okay, Aiden Hill's in the game. He's a third-string goalie. Surely the Ducks will score one or two more goals on Aiden Hill, right? <laughs> Wrong. The shutout went away because there was some mad puck luck right in front of the net. So it was 3-1 Ducks on a Tyler Pitlick goal. His third of the season. 
Oh, but it got worse. Jacob Chikrin, he scored to make it 3-2. to two. And that was some seriously bad puck luck because Yanni Hockenpah had that one deflect around. That was the worst of bounces. So it was 3-2 to two Ducks. Yeah, we didn't think it was really going to happen, did we? No, you've got to be kidding. Because guess what happened with three and a half minutes left? Oh, Phil Kessel scores his seventh of the season. And believe it or not, the Ducks did it again. Three to three tie. Oh, boy. Oh, but it gets so much better. Guess what Dallas Eakins did again? He benched his young players again. This was the third consecutive time that Eakins has done something like this to the young guys. And the second time he's done it with Zegras in there. I don't know what Eakins is thinking benching the young players. And you're going to hear me say this yet again. Let the kids play. We're going to break down exactly what Eakins did and talk about... Oh, oh, by the way, they lost in a shootout. Even though Trevor Zegras scored in the shootout on a filthy goal, it was wasted. Completely wasted. Ducks lost 4-3 in a shootout. We'll talk more about that after the first intermission. But let's talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. Hey, they have cookie dough back. For a very limited time. Did you guys get it? I told you on Wednesday to pick it up. So I hope you did. Once again. Cookie Dough is back for a very brief time. So get that now. They also have other. Fantastic flavors. Like mint brownie. Orange. Salted caramel. Cherry barcia. Cookies and cream. Among others. I do love the mint brownie. The caramel brownie is also very good. Y'all should try it. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. And we have a new code. Enter promo code LOCKEDON20. That'll get you 20% off your next order. In fact, I'm going to verify that right now. I believe it is either LOCKED20 or LOCKEDON20. Either way, that is the new code. So check that out at BuiltBar.com. The best tasting protein bar in the land. And it tastes like a candy bar. All right. We're going to talk more about this one after the first intermission. Buckle up, folks. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And the Ducks had a three-goal lead. The Ducks had a three-goal lead. And they blew a three-goal lead. And they blew a three-goal lead. Why am I saying this twice? Because it happened twice in two games. Before I talk about the whole Dallas Eakins thing, just some interesting stats I think you guys may or may not want to hear. So, first, Ryan Miller. He could have tied Henrik Lundqvist for the most shootout wins in NHL history, but that was not to be. Zegras' goal went wasted. Miller didn't have the best of shootouts there, so he remains at 60 shootout wins. Still one behind Henrik Lundqvist. Okay, great. That's just wonderful. 60 and 40 on shootouts. Here's the stats that Ducks fans don't want to hear. But you know what? I'm going to say them because we have to hear this, right? Okay. So, 
This is the fifth time in NHL history that featured a comeback win of three plus goals in three consecutive days. It happened February 22nd through 24th. Here are the other times it's happened. November 16th through 18th, 1992. February 22nd to 24, 1990. December 30th, 1989 to January 1st, 1990. And March 7th through 9th, 1985. Yep. That's it. That's all of them. Can you believe that? Only five times. Oh, but it's better. Get this. So the Ducks blew a three-goal lead twice in consecutive games. That's the eighth time that's happened. Arizona is the eighth team in NHL history to overcome a three-goal deficit to win in consecutive games. Oh, there's another weird stat to this, by the way. This is only the second time in NHL history that it's happened to the same team. So, you know, I'm going to go down this list. The Rangers had a three-goal consecutive comeback win against the Colorado Rockies and the Atlanta Flames back in 1979. Then the LA Kings. They had three-goal comebacks against Boston and the Quebec Nordiques. The Minnesota North Stars in 1983. They came back against the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Pittsburgh Penguins. The New York Rangers in 84. They came back against Washington and the Islanders. Yeah, when the Islanders were good. The Dallas Stars. Oh, remember this, Ducks fans? January 6th, 2006, the Stars came back and defeated the Anaheim Ducks. And then the Stars beat the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, December 29th, 2009, and January 1st, 2010, the Sabres came back against the Penguins and the Atlanta Thrashers. Two Atlanta teams in there. The only other time in NHL history that a team blew a three-goal lead in consecutive games to the same team, the Quebec Nordiques defeated the Hartford Whalers. Hartford had three-goal leads late in both those games, by the way. April 2nd and April 3rd, 1983, Hartford blew some big leads late and lost to the Quebec Nordiques twice in a row. And it's happened again. The Ducks blew late leads, three goals, and lost to the Coyotes. So there you go. Twice in history. How do you like being a part of history? If you're a Ducks fan, you hate being on that side of history. The reason I am hammering this home is because saying these kind of stats is going to piss off the fan base. And you know what? They deserve to be ticked off. Because Dallas Eakins, for the second game in a row, rested his young stud players. He did it again. Monday night, he seemingly benched Trevor Zegras in the second period. Oh, and guess what happened? The Coyotes scored three goals in the second period. So the same thing happened again. Trevor was rested late in the game. The Ducks had a three-goal lead. Zegris was out on the ice early in the third period. He had three early shifts in the third period when they still had the 3-0 lead. And then almost nothing after that. As soon as the Vets came in, the wheels came off. Three goals scored very quickly. 
Trevor Zegras only had five shifts in the third period. And really, none of those came during that stretch of time where the wheels fell off. Zegras had three early shifts, another one kind of, kind of in the middle where nothing happened. And then his fifth shift was late in the third after they had already blown the lead. If you're coach Dallas Eakins, do not change things up. Don't take your foot off the gas. You've got to play the full 60 minutes. You've got to play those guys the entire time. Eakins did not do that once again. Zegris only had five shifts. He only had a three, sorry, 351. Yeah, that's right. 351 time on ice in the third period. Oh, but Josh Mahura, he also had only five shifts in the third period. He was also rested late in that period. In fact, Josh Mahura, he had all his shifts before everything fell off. Why did you bench Josh Mahura? Why did you bench Trevor Zegris? Why? Why, why, why? That's the number one question. That's the million dollar question that Ducks fans are asking. Why bench them? We don't know. It still confounds everybody that they both got benched. Even Vinny Letary, he only had three shifts and then nothing after that. Yeah, nothing. Not a thing. Zip. Zilch. Nada. Oh boy. Ducks fans, I'm sorry, but you're going to hear this. Guess who got a lot of shifts that third period? Jacob Larson. Guess who was partially responsible for all three of those goals? Oh, 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 what? Yeah, yeah, you heard that right, Jacob Larson. Oh, Ducks fans, I'm sorry to really hammer this home, but Dallas Eakins, he's on the hottest of seats right now. The mismanagement of shifts, the mismanagement of his lines, the time on ice is right there. It's right there. That was another major screw-up by Dallas Eakins, and he is definitely on the hot seat. Is he going to be the next head coach fired in the National Hockey League? We don't know yet. Before we head to the second intermission, I want to share this poll question. So it was an honest poll question. Dallas Eakins is in the hot seat. How long does he last? Most of you said until next week. I'm going to tell you what the results were. 49 of you voted. Most of you said until next week, 46%. Only 8% said until late March, April. Some of you said end of the season. Some of you said into next season. And I mean, one person said, and shout out to Sean Red Bryan, it'll be into next season as long as Murray is around. But what if GM Bob Murray is not around? What if he gets the boot over the summer? I mean, there's been no more mismanagement on the coaching staff than there has been on the general manager. They share the blame in this. And I think fans are pretty much fed up with this. All right, we're going to head into the second intermission while I cool off. Let's talk about rockauto.com, which has all the parts your car will ever need. Maybe you just need to speed. Maybe you just need to take some steam off and drive really fast. But hey, what if the car needs repairs? What if you drive a fast car like a Camaro or a Lamborghini, one of those high-end cars? Hey, guess what? RockAuto.com has those parts. Maybe you drive a Ford Mustang. 
Rock Auto has parts for that car too. They have been family owned and operated for over two decades. Why pay full price when you can pay half price or better at rockauto.com, which has all the parts your car ever need. Go over there and in the how did you hear about us box, tell them that Locked On Ducks sent you. Once again, that's rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto, yeah. And coming up after the intermission, we're going to talk a little bit more about this Ducks team, what went wrong, and can this be fixed? We'll talk about that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and this is brought to you by betonline.ag, your trusted online sportsbook expert. If you go to betonline.ag right now and use promo code LOCKED ON, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, on your first deposit, promo code LOCKED ON gets you a 50% welcome bonus. They don't just have the NHL, they have MLB and the NBA, among other sports. Once again, that's betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please gamble responsibly. All right. As you can tell, I've kind of calmed down a little bit. It's been it's been a spell. All right. So what went wrong the last couple of games for the Ducks? Well, aside from not playing the young kids, because, you know, Eakins wouldn't let the kids play. Yeah, that, that's a big part of it. I'm looking at the shift charts on Wednesday's game, and there's a pretty glaring omission there. Between goals two and three, there was about a five-minute gap there where it looked like Josh Mahura didn't have any shifts, Vinny Letary didn't have any shifts, Trevor Zegris didn't have any shifts, Sonny Milano had one shift, and it was a very short shift, and that was it. So you look at who is going out there. Who's Eakins running with, really? He's really shifting out lines. He's putting Ben Hutton in there a bunch. He put Jacob Larson in there a bunch. Yeah, not exactly who I'd put out there. I mean, Derek Grant, he only went out there twice, so Derek Grant isn't exactly replacing. But then you have Max Comtois out there. He's done pretty well. So that one I get. But at least put the young kids in for at least one or two shifts when everyone else is getting three to four shifts. What's up with that? So that's what went wrong. As far as what can be fixed, well, there's an obvious way. For my money, there is three ways that this can be fixed. Number one, and this is the obvious one, run the young kids some more. Trevor Zegras had the fourth least amount of minutes among all forwards. He's one of your most dynamic players out there, and if the Ducks really want to give him a chance, they would play him more. If they're not going to play him, if they're going to bench him, at the most critical times, then what is the point of bringing him up? The point of bringing up Zegris was to help them score and to help them win. None of those have happened. So is there any point to have him up for the rest of the season? Is there any point to bring him up for more than six or seven games? There really isn't. So obviously run the young kids more. Number two, stop putting Shattenkirk out there with that first power play unit it is not working at all 
the second power play unit is working so much better. In fact, that's where the majority of their power play goals have come from. They've come from that second unit. Looking at the power play goals that have been scored by the Ducks, the majority of them have been scored when Cam Fowler is quarterback in the power play. Not Kevin Shattenkirk, and yet he's still out there with the first unit with Zegras. Flip those two around. Put Fowler on the first unit. Put Shattenkirk or Hawkenpaw on that second unit. Give him a shot. Shattenkirk is being played a lot. And I know some are saying, yeah, we'll forgive him because he's doing other things on the ice. But he's even stopped doing that in recent games. So that's number two. Number three, have more effective units on overtime. Silverberg, Steele, and Shattenkirk. That was an interesting choice in overtime. Zegris, Raquel, Fowler. That was great. That should have been your first overtime line. Should have been, but it wasn't. So, I mean, it's pretty simple. But there's kind of a little bonus to this as far as the three-on-three lines. Don't put more than one defenseman out there on a four-on-three. And especially, don't put more than one defenseman out there on a two-man advantage. What is Eakins doing? It is driving everyone completely bonkers. So, those are just some of the ways that this can be fixed. But if I'm going to be honest, the Ducks are in last place. They're on a terrible losing streak. They next play the Vegas Golden Knights. And I'm just going to be frank with you guys. I don't expect the Ducks to win on Saturday against Vegas. Vegas is still stinging from that last loss against Anaheim, a 1-0 shutout in Vegas. I expect Vegas to come out firing on all cylinders. I expect them to win, and I expect them to win big at the Ponda. So that will extend the losing streak to, what is it, six games? It's currently at five. It'll likely be six. And then after that, they've got the St. Louis Blues coming to town. Then at Colorado. Yeah, this could be a long, painful couple of weeks. Oh boy. And we're already approaching halfway through the season. It's already almost halfway, guys. I don't know how much more Ducks fans can take, but I remember early, early in the season when I said it would be a successful year if the Ducks get a top three draft pick. That's looking like that might have to be the case. If the Ducks can't beat these elite teams, then what's the point. All right, that's going to do it for this week of Locked on Anaheim Ducks. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe if you have not already. And please be sure to follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD or follow this show at LO underscore Ducks. Also, also, don't forget that there's Locked on NHL on the Locked on Podcast Network. So check that out as well. You can hear this podcast and the other podcasts on Tlopin via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. And a bit of an announcement right now. There will be no show on Monday. This is kind of by design. So Monday we will be off. We will be we'll be back on Tuesday with our regular programming. So it'll only be 4 days a week next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then back to our regular 5 days a week. Next Thursday will be another Locked on Goals. Next Friday, that is March 5th, will be our next mailbag episode. So once again, our next mailbag is March 5th. So make sure you're tuned into that one. All right, so once again, 
No show on Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday. I think Ducks fans could all use a few days off. But feel free to listen to the previous podcast. We had a Locked on Jeopardy recently. That was pretty entertaining. We've had several guests come on the podcast, so definitely check those out. Check out the Locked on Goals podcasts. Those are coming weekly now, every Thursday. So thank you all once again for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. Thank you all so much. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great weekend, everyone. Please stay safe out there, wear a mask, be kind to one another, and you know what? I'm going to end this a little bit differently today. Let's be kind to one another, and let's fly together. Salutations, everyone.